This is the Bible in one year, day 303. Your key to life. Madonna said, When I was growing up, Jesus Christ was like a movie star, my favorite idol of all. Napoleon Bonaparte said, I know men, and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. Novelist H.G. Wells said, I'm an historian. I'm not a believer. But this penniless preacher from Galilee is irresistibly the center of history. Even people who would not describe themselves as followers of the penniless preacher recognize that there is something extraordinary about Jesus. No one, not even angels, can compare to Jesus. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. He said, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. Everything you read and understand about God through the Bible needs to be read through the lens of Jesus. He is the ultimate revelation of God. Your key to getting your life sorted out is Jesus. Your key to understanding the Bible is Jesus. Your key to understanding God's character is Jesus. Your key to life is Jesus. Psalm 119 Your statutes are wonderful. Therefore, I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression, that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine on your servant, and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. Jesus provides cleansing from our sins. Reading the Bible is, in some ways, like looking in a mirror with a very bright light. The unfolding of your words gives light. The light reveals what is wrong with our life and what we need to have cleaned up. It reveals the things that cause a barrier between us and God. This barrier was removed when Jesus provided cleansing for your sins. Through Jesus, you can be confident that God's face will shine upon you. Pray like the psalmist. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant. The psalmist's prayer foreshadows the great act of Jesus in providing purification for sins. Through Jesus, always turn to God with confidence, knowing that he will have mercy as you always do to those who love your name. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. May no sin rule over me. Keep me from pride, anger, lust, greed, envy, prayerlessness, rivalry, and all the other temptations of life. I pray that you would make your face shine upon me today. New Testament, Hebrews 1. In the past... God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. 
The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father? Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels spirits, and his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, Your throne, O God, will last for ever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Jesus is superior to angels. Jesus is unique, and he's all you need. As Eugene Peterson points out, you do not need Jesus and angels. You do not need Jesus and Moses. You do not need Jesus and priesthood. This letter deletes the hyphens, the add-ons. All you need is Jesus. The book of Hebrews is all about who Jesus is and how he's better and greater than any other being, teaching, or religious system. It opens with a comparison between Jesus and the Old Testament prophets. It explains the wonderful truth of how God spoke through the prophets and then describes how Jesus is even better. He is the heir of all things. He was involved in creation. He's the ultimate revelation of God. He is your sustainer and he is your redeemer. The reason for all of this lies in who Jesus is. Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. As the message puts it, he perfectly mirrors God and is stamped with God's nature. Jesus came to sort out our lives. After he'd provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Sitting down symbolizes the fact that his work was finished. There have always been people who can't accept this truth. Today, some argue that Jesus was just a great religious teacher and nothing more. In a similar way, at the time of this letter, some people were arguing that Jesus was just an angel. The writer of Hebrews says, So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. He then goes on to argue the superiority of Jesus over the angels. There are nearly 300 references to angels in the Bible. What do we know about them? 
In this passage, we see that angels worship and serve God. They're God's messengers. They are spiritual beings who serve Christians. They're also sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. Angels are nearer than you think. They guard and protect you. God has given his angels charge of you to guard you in all your ways. For example, an angel strengthened Jesus at Gethsemane. Each church has one. But Jesus is far greater. The writer of Hebrews sets out seven passages from Old Testament scriptures to show the superiority of Jesus over the angels. All these passages are the answer to anyone who says that Jesus was only an angel, or more likely today, a great religious teacher. The peak of the argument is in Hebrews 1 verse 8. About the Son, he says, Your throne, O God. This is an outright description of divinity to Jesus. Jesus is the one whose identity is God. Lord, thank you that you send angels to guard and protect us. Thank you that they serve us. But thank you even more for Jesus, who is far superior to all angels. Old Testament, Lamentations 3-5 to Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven and say, We have sinned and rebelled, and you have not forgiven. You have covered yourself with anger and pursued us. You have slain without pity. You have covered yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can get through. You have made us scum and refuse among the nations. All our enemies have opened their mouths wide against us. We have suffered terror and pitfalls, ruin and destruction. Streams of tears flow from my eyes because my people are destroyed. My eyes will flow unceasingly, without relief, until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees. What I see brings grief to my soul because of all the women of my city. Those who were my enemies without cause hunted me like a bird. They tried to end my life in a pit and threw stones at me. The waters closed over my head and I thought I was about to perish. I call on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. Do not close your ears to my cry for relief. You came near when I called you, and you said, Do not fear. You, Lord, took up my case. You redeemed my life. Lord, you have seen the wrong done to me. Uphold my cause. You have seen the depths of their vengeance, all their plots against me. Lord, you have heard their insults, all their plots against me, what my enemies whisper and mutter against me all day long. Look at them. Sitting or standing, they mock me in their songs. Pay them back what they deserve, Lord, for what their hands have done. Put a veil over their hearts and may your curse be on them. Pursue them in anger and destroy them from under the heavens of the Lord. Lamentations chapter 4 How the gold has lost its luster, the fine gold become dull. 
The sacred gems are scattered at every street corner. How the precious children of Zion, once worth their weight in gold, are now considered as pots of clay, the work of a potter's hands. Even jackals offer their breasts to nurse their young. But my people have become heartless like ostriches in the desert. Because of thirst, the infant's tongue sticks to the roof of its mouth. The children beg for bread but no one gives it to them. Those who once ate delicacies are destitute in the streets. Those brought up in royal purple now lie on ash heaps. The punishment of my people is greater than that of Sodom, which was overthrown in a moment without a hand turned to help her. Their princes were brighter than snow and whiter than milk, their bodies more ruddy than rubies, their appearance like lapis lazuli. But now they are blacker than soot, they are not recognized in the streets, their skin has shriveled on their bones, it has become as dry as a stick. Those killed by the sword are better off than those who die of famine. Racked with hunger they waste away for lack of food from the field. With their own hands, Compassionate women have cooked their own children, who became their food when my people were destroyed. The Lord has given full vent to his wrath. He has poured out his fierce anger. He kindled a fire in Zion that consumed her foundations. The kings of the earth did not believe, nor did any of the peoples of the world, that enemies and foes could enter the gates of Jerusalem. But it happened because of the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests who shed within her the blood of the righteous. Now they grope through the streets as if they were blind. They are so defiled with blood that no one dares to touch their garments. Go away, you are unclean, people cry to them. Away, away, don't touch us. When they flee and wander about, people among the nations say, They can stay here no longer. The Lord himself has scattered them. He no longer watches over them. The priests are shown no honor, the elders no favor. Moreover, our eyes failed, looking in vain for help. From our towers we watched for a nation that could not save us. People stalked us at every step, so we could not walk in our streets. Our end was near, our days were numbered, for our end had come. Our pursuers were swifter than eagles in the sky. They chased us over the mountains and lay in wait for us in the desert. The Lord's anointed, our very life-breath, was caught in their traps. We thought that under his shadow... We would live among the nations. Rejoice and be glad, daughter Edom, you who live in the land of Uz. But to you also the cup will be passed. You will be drunk and stripped naked. Your punishment will end, daughter Zion. He will not prolong your exile. But he will punish your sin, daughter Edom.
and expose your wickedness. Lamentations chapter 5 Remember, Lord, what has happened to us. Look and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. We have become fatherless, our mothers are widows. We must buy the water we drink. Our wood can be had only at a price. Those who pursue us are at our heels. We are weary and find no rest. We submitted to Egypt and Assyria to get enough bread. Our ancestors sinned and are no more, and we bear their punishment. Slaves rule over us, and there is no one to free us from their hands. We get our bread at the risk of our lives because of the sword in the desert. Our skin is hot as an oven, feverish from hunger. Women have been violated in Zion and virgins in the towns of Judah. Princes have been hung up by their hands. Elders are shown no respect. Young men toil at the millstones. Boys stagger under loads of wood. The elders are gone from the city gate. The young men have stopped their music. Joy is gone from our hearts. Our dancing has turned to mourning. The crown has fallen from our head. Woe to us! for we have sinned. Because of this our hearts are faint. Because of these things our eyes grow dim for Mount Zion, which lies desolate, with jackals prowling over it. You, Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. Why do you always forget us? Why do you forsake us so long? Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return. Renew our days as of old. Unless you have utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure. Jesus is the anointed Messiah. The writer of Lamentation says, Let us lift up our hearts and our hands. The lifting of hearts and hands seems to go together in prayer. Raising hands in prayer is not eccentric or weird. It is the traditional form of prayer in both the Old Testament and New Testament. The writer calls the people to pray and says, let's take a good look at the way we're living and reorder our lives under God. This is an important discipline in the life of faith. Ask God to reveal if there are any areas of your life that you need to change. If there are, then return to God in confession and repentance. Now you know that you will be forgiven and your relationship with God will be restored because of what Jesus has done for you. This passage, like so many others in the Old Testament, points forward to Jesus. The writer of Lamentation says, You, O Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. The writer of Hebrews says of Jesus, Your throne, O God! will last forever. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Jesus is God's anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah. He is the one to whom all the scriptures point. The people of God were expecting the Lord's anointed. The writer of Lamentation speaks of the Lord's anointed. The Hebrew word for anointed one is Meshach, from which we get the word Messiah. 
He goes on to say, To you also the cup will be passed. Jesus spoke of the cup he would drink. Jesus was alluding to the cup of God's wrath against sin. God's anger is not like ours. It contains no element of spite, pettiness or hypocrisy. It's the reaction of a holy and loving God towards sin. Passages like this help us to understand how serious our sin is in God's sight and how amazing it is that on the cross, Jesus bore the wrath of God for you and me. The prophet sees that they're cut off from God by their sin. You've covered yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can get through. This is the barrier that Jesus removed when he drank the cup of God's wrath and provided purification for sins. This is the answer to the prayer of the rite of lamentations when he prayed, Restore us to yourself, O Lord, that we may return, renew our days as of old. Because of Jesus, the anointed one, and the one who drank the cup, God's presence is no longer covered with a cloud, and your prayers can get through to him. You can lift up your heart and your hands to God. He will restore you and renew you. Although there are many words about judgment in the Bible, they can be read through the lens of Jesus, who revealed the true character of God and provided purification for your sins. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that I can know and understand who you are through Jesus. Thank you that the key to life is in Jesus. Pippa adds, Hebrews 1 verse 7 says, In speaking of the angels, he says, He makes the angels wings, his servants, flames afar. And in verse 14 he says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? It's exciting to think that there are angels flying around the world bringing help to the people of God.